live from the mist and shrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to the world famous Mountaintop Podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Greetings, gentlemen. Welcome again to yet another episode of the world famous Mountaintop Podcast. My name is Scott McKay. You can find me on Twitter at Scott McKay, also at Scott McKay on Clubhouse, real Scott McKay on Instagram. Mountaintoppodcast.com is the URL on the World Wide Web. You can look me up by name, Scott McKay with one T on YouTube and find not only the video representations of these podcast episodes on there, but some other good, solid information for you there as well. And I also invite you to join us. If you haven't already, gentlemen, you got to do it. Go to Facebook and join the Mountaintop Summit. It is a truly unique group for real men of character. And uh, it's not like those other men's groups you may have been a part of. It's uh, a lot of fun. So join those guys there. Jump in. We have a sense of humor. And uh, we talk about all things manly there on a regular basis. There are also Facebook Lives that I do with you guys. But enough about that for now. I have a returning guest on this show. She is one of our few all-time third-time guests. Her name is Jennifer Rhodes, but you can call her Dr. Jenny, and she was living in New York City. New York City, last time we talked. And since then, she has gone to spend a considerable amount of time in Argentina, and I bet you're about to find out why, among other reasons, why she why her heart is uh, it's probably still in Argentina, even as we speak. She's also uh, spent some time in Canada in the Great White North before returning here to upstate New York, where she's currently hanging out with her rescue dog named Neptune and having a good old time, uh, hopefully staying warm up there. So without anything further, Dr. Jenny, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back. Well, every time you come on this show, it's exciting. Oh, I'm good. I'm glad. I'm hoping that we have like more excitement to unveil as we talk about Argentina and the reason why. Well, you sound excited already. <laughs> I am excited. It's a fun topic. I'm excited. <laughs> well, you know, the first time you were ever on was after you and I met in person at a speaking engagement we were both invited to be a part of. And uh, you're quite charming and precious and adorable, and we all love you already. But you were a guest on the show, and you talked about why women love to be seduced, and it became our all-time most downloaded episode. So to kind of follow that up on a similar related topic, but, you know, decidedly different, we're going to call this episode the dance of attraction. And we're literally going to talk about the dance of attraction because you're very much a dancing enthusiast. And in fact, in many ways, a dancing activist. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) tell us a little bit about your dancing. I know you love tango. I know you love bachata. How did you get into it? And uh, why is it so important to you? You know, it's really interesting because I was um, reflecting on my dance journey the other day, and it's really the only thing that has kind of helped me do my own healing work, but it started when I was 18, and um, for my birthday, my grandfather got me ballroom dance lessons, and I remember I was dancing with this, like, gorgeous guy. He must have been, like, 25, and I was 18. Gorgeous man. And, you know, when you do like ballroom dance lessons, you either have to learn learn the waltz or the dances that your grandparents did, or you get to learn the Latin dances. And I immediately fell in love with all the Latin music. Um, That was also during the time, I don't know if you remember, but Vanessa Williams in 98 had this like movie called Dance With Me. Um, And so like dancing was just kind of like a big thing, like back in the day. It was a good movie. It was a good movie with a good soundtrack. Is it a good date movie? It is a great date movie. Oh, there you yes. Go. It's a love story with dancing involved, with decent music. Perfect. So 
I immediately, they train you for competition pretty darn quickly. And I went competition. I was so nervous. I was so young. And I was also nervous because my instructor was really attractive. And I could not remember anything on the dance floor, but I looked at the judge and just started smiling. And apparently just smiling on a dance floor was enough to win the competition because obviously we're entry level at this like point. And I just kind of fell in love with social dancing. And over the years, you know, whenever I got stressed, I would just go to go dance it out. And eventually I learned salsa, I learned bachata. We now have dabbled in kazumba, which is a fascinating dance from um, Africa, Angola. Is that the one that's allegedly the most sexual dance on earth? Okay, so we're going to talk about this because the only dance that's supposed to be about sex and seduction is tango. And kazumba is actually supposed to be a family dance, but it gets sexualized. Wow. So yes, it has that reputation, but the music and the history of the dance and the reason why you dance it has nothing to do about sex. Well, let's put a link in the show notes about it so guys can go take a look. Okay. Because that's fascinating to me. Yeah, I mean, Kazumba has risen because the music is more urban. So it's hugely popular in Europe. It's hugely popular in Montreal, Canada. It's beautiful connection. It's super intimate, like chest to chest. And it can be very sexy, but that's usually because the guy is kind of putting his sexual energy into the dance and not really respecting the music. <laughs> Whether you like it or not as a woman, right? Exactly. <laughs> He's kind of throwing exactly. a little freak into it, you know, which isn't really in the handbook. Yes. Yeah, okay. Right. Gotcha. So that sexiness is supposed to be in tango, which that that dance is all it's from the brothels and it is all about the relationship between a pimp and a prostitute. And it's supposed to be like very passionate and like like really, really intimate. And sometimes we don't get to see that because usually older people are dancing tango. I don't know. In North America, white people have forgotten what passion and sex is altogether. So it can be very boring for, you know, the younger generation. But, you know, thankfully in tango, the woman doesn't have to give the guy all her money at the end. So it really isn't a complete metaphor for a prostitute and a pimp, right? No. So it's actually very um, indicative of the change in the power dynamics between men and women ah. because women have slots to for more equality in Argentina. And so it's been an interesting, if you look at the history of the way men were trained um, and the dance itself and the music and how it's transformed over the years, it's probably the only place in social dancing where you can safely explore the edges of what sex and seduction are supposed to be with your clothes on. Like that, it's really like it's set up to have the safety so that you can kind of deep dive into all of those dynamics. And so women are being taught to lead and men are um, being taught to follow again, because that's historically the way men learned to dance tango. Interesting. Because, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about is how dancing in general, regardless of what type of dancing we're talking about here is often seen as metaphoric for masculinity and femininity, which is why you have, hence the title of the show, The Dance of Attraction. And there's a lot to unpack with that particular thought, but you know, you kind of talked about how now women are being taught to lead in dancing. Yet I've noticed, Jen, in my own travels with dancing, that women are very good at following a man's lead in dancing, and it often depends on how good the man is at leading at dancing. And so now you're saying the tables are starting to get turned on that, perhaps because of social influence. 
Yes, I think specifically in Argentina, just because there's been just a history of gender equality, that the women in terms of just dance training, and it comes from the history of this being a dance that was dance between prostitutes and their clients is to get women to step into their power so that they could be an equal contributor to the art of the dance together, that it's supposed to be a conversation that either person can contribute to. And even though if she's following um, and he's leading, she still can throw things into the dance. So it is a conversation. So it's not like this warped power dynamic that you sometimes see like maybe in salsa dancing where leading and following are two completely separate rules. Like tango, there are really no rules. There's technique, but you're allowed to do whatever it is you want to do. One of the reasons why it's a much more sexy dance, because it's like fully unleashing your creativity and your feelings in the context of being connected to someone else. Well, when you get right down to it, dancing and the enjoyment thereof, whatever meaning you would derive from it, especially between a man and a woman, is about that connection and about that emotion and mm -hmm. about that sexiness. So the leading and the following probably comes secondary to the enjoyment of the experience itself, right? It's secondary. And I think the thing that's always driven and drives all women crazy. So I have a group of friends that I met at like Miami Bachata Festival in 2016, all women. And we've gone through a phase in social dancing, and it doesn't matter which type of social dancing, where men are learning social dancing from YouTube videos because they want to emulate a dance instructor. And they think that the dancing is about just learning some fancy steps. And we all just crave like the sexy energy. Like we want the energy, we want the passion, and we want to play with that on a dance floor. We don't want you to be able to just do the moves completely separate from the emotions. Because it actually doesn't feel good. Um, and so that's kind of the big like disconnection going on with dance training right now is that very few dance instructors, at least male dance instructors, understand energy and connection. And whereas female dance instructors and women tend to get that piece more quickly. And if you put, you know, the emotionally disconnected and the emotionally connected together on the dance floor, it's a hello boring dance. It's really not enjoyable. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, when I first met Emily, uh, she was interested in learning salsa dancing. And it wasn't something I was particularly into. And I would also say I'm not gifted with the talent of learning dance moves very quickly myself. It's just not my thing. Not that I'm completely, utterly disinterested in it. It's not something that comes easy to me. So Emily was very keen on having me go to salsa dance lessons with her because we met each other and we adored each other immediately. So I knew that she liked dancing and I was going to be her new dance partner. So I needed to go figure this out. And we went to several dance lessons together. And I was not doing very well, Jen. I mean, it was a struggle for me. I couldn't remember <laughs> the moves. I couldn't get it right. But it's like every time I did get something right, Emily, her face lit up and she got this cute little seductive look on her face just because I got something right. And so now that you're talking about how it's more about the energy and the feeling and the togetherness and the connection than it is the technique – that response, which I found a little extreme with regard to how well I was actually dancing, makes a lot more sense to me now all these years later, because for her, it wasn't whether I was getting the moves down or not. It was indeed the effort and my feeling towards her and what we were sharing, whether it was, well, for lack of a better word, competent or not. 
right? Yeah, no, I think that's a beautiful example because I don't think most men understand that dancing for a woman is our way to get back in touch with our feminine energy. Mm. We live in a world, we all have jobs, like we've been like forced to like be in our masculine energy and we need to like let loose. And so social dancing and, you know, salsa is usually where people start is usually a woman's way to try to like reconnect with her sexual energy. So like it's vital for women to be dancing. So if you want to connect with women who are, you know, right now everyone's got back into dancing, like as a man learning, you know, some basic, just, you just need some basics and then you just need to go have fun. Like it's going to help you just, you know, move your energy and connect better um, with other people. It's we've gotten so devoid of joy at this point. Like we're working so hard to like at our healing right now that we've forgotten how to have fun. Like it just really, we're not that complicated. We really do just want you to see if you can make a fool on the dance floor. Cause it just makes us happy and we're moving, we're removing energy. And then later that night we have a much better time together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we just had Valentine's day and I didn't publish this advice this year because it would seem tone deaf vis-a-vis everything being locked down. But what I've talked about in previous years is doing Valentine's Day backwards because of the throngs of people out there going out to dinner and going out to a bar and going dancing or whatever afterwards. you know. And I was saying to guys, by way of recommendation, take her dancing first. I mean, go 7.30, 8 o'clock to the dance place, dance for about an hour and a half, and then go get a late dinner somewhere. And maybe talk mm-hmm. off to the nightcap because the crowds will not be there on Valentine's Day. You know, Valentine's Day was on a Sunday this year, but when Valentine's yeah. Day is on a Friday or Saturday, this is especially important, right? And it has turned out to be good advice that guys have thanked me for. Um, but really, now that you mention it, opening up women to having a wonderful night by starting with the dancing makes perfect sense. And going back to what you said may have been really good advice on a level that I hadn't even considered before till talking to you today. Now that harks back to something you said a few minutes ago towards the beginning of this show about how you got into dancing to find yourself and to kind of set yourself on a journey uh, spiritually. And now you're talking about how meaningful dancing is in general, especially to women. And the only thing I could think of while you were talking, well, I thought of several things which is why I'm bringing up so many thoughts, right? Is that line that is a cliche at this point, the very meme worthy saying dance like nobody's watching. Mm. And that really resonates with women because that idea of dancing like nobody's watching is like at its very essence, the ultimate expression of joy, freedom, Mm. fun, play, all the things that really drive feminine energy. And this is why women in particular love dancing, don't you think? It's the only way for us to reconnect with our essence, just like feminine energy. Like, There's no mistake that if you go, you know, everyone's on a spiritual journey now, like everyone's doing ayahuasca. It's like, okay, well, when you go, go to your shamanic, you know, ceremonies. <laughs> the dance of ayahuasca would be a separate show. Like, yeah. you, like the shamans always have music and they always have dance. Music and dance have been part of our like culture like since humans were born. It's just dance and music are important. It's because it helps move the energy and then reconnects us to like who we really are and helps clear the, our negative emotions and kind of like just puts us in a place of joy. So no, you're absolutely right. And women 
you know, specifically because of the way that we work nowadays, don't have a lot of like places to go to where we can move our hips. Like we have to move our hips to get that energy going. Um, otherwise, we're just stuck in our heads. And I then that's not fun for dating. I bet a lot of guys listening to the show are going, hey, I know someplace you can move your hips. <laughs> right. But getting to that place involves, oh, maybe doing the dance first, doesn't it? Yes. We should start with the dance first. Have some fun. Don't make, but here's the thing, right? Like, I remember when women learn tango and they learn in North America, right? So they're trained and it's very intellectual. And the people that they're like training with in like a class, like, are just learning how to do the steps and it's like very, very disconnected. So mm-hmm. they, they actually tell women, don't go to Buenos Aires for tango too soon in your tango training because you won't be able to handle the dynamic. You won't be able to handle the energy because that energy doesn't exist in North America so much. And you're like, this is weird. And so as a woman, you like up and leave North America and go to Buenos Aires and dance one tanga with an Argentine man who might just do the basic step, the entire like 12 and a half minutes. But it is like you just went to heaven and you fell in love in a 12 and a half minute dance. Kind of like when you've been eating sushi in Texas your whole life and then you go to Japan and eat the real stuff and go, oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because they feel they have access to their emotions and they feel. So that's all women want. That's emotional intimacy in a dance context. So, yeah, like you learn. You learn there are lots of rules in Buenos Aires around tango. And one of them is you don't accept coffee after like two in the morning because that is code word for going to a love hotel to have sex. Like there's a lot of like. I'll keep that in mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So men like men have to learn a lot of rules in tango because there's so much emotional intimacy when you get that level. Well, now see, look, I'll tell you what, as an old married guy, I'm not going to have coffee after two o'clock in the morning, wherever I am, because I'll just be up all night and it'll screw up my whole rhythm. It has nothing to do with a love hotel at this point. Well, yeah, except for, you know, in Argentina, they stay up to eight in the morning and then go to work at 10. I haven't quite figured out. Well, that's true. The clubs open after sunrise, even yeah, yeah all over the Latin America. Very, very true. All right. So. Here's the bottom line here relative to what we've been talking about for the last seven or eight minutes. Women love dancing. Yeah. I have met exactly one woman in my entire life who said to me, I'm not really so into dancing. I almost asked her to marry me right then and there, but that's a different story. Mostly because most men don't love dancing. And yet I bet a lot of us are wrestling with that dichotomy, even as we're listening to this show or hosting this show, because I got to raise my hand and say, I resemble that remark. Mm I've never been particularly drawn to being a dancer, but I know at the gut level, guys who do take to dancing and like it reap tremendous rewards in terms of relating to women. And yet, you know, if you go back to the men's dating advice from 10, 15 years ago, which we talk about frequently on this show, it was really all about how to trick women into bed and how to get some and how to get laid, not your bedpost, all that pickupy stuff. And really this dance of attraction was talked about circumstantially, perhaps kind of esoterically, as if it really was nothing more than a metaphor Mm -hmm. in that context. So really, that dance of attraction, with air quotes around it, meant, how do I trick women into bed for these guys, no matter what they were told? Meanwhile, women really do love this concept of a man coaxing out their feminine energy. And really igniting that femininity, as I like to say, so that they're more amenable to their feminine energy 
combining with a man's energy and really creating something special. And so many men miss out on that too. And I guess that probably has a lot to do with what men are missing out on by not being interested in dancing. Am I onto something there? You're totally onto something. So all that pickup artist stuff that was related to dance that we, you know, was talked about like years ago, missed the entire point completely because it was written by a man and you don't know the secrets of the divine feminine energy. And like women and, and, and truth be told that historically um, hip movement was taken out of like a dance like tango specifically because they were worried women were going to get too much power because when women start moving their heads and they get really happy, like, you know, we create things and with our joy and our excitement and it can be a little overwhelming if you don't know how to like, you know, channel that energy. So like historically and politically hip movement specifically was taken away from women and women right now need a place to reclaim it. So if you want to show up like, and, you know, really be on the insider knowledge right now, I don't see how you're going to do that without understanding some basic dance, um, because that's where women are kind of reclaiming their femininity and kind of, and, and we're dying a little bit on the dance floor, honestly, because we need men who understand this piece to respect that that's what we're doing and to show up in their masculine energy so that we can be balanced and then have a good time together. You know, because a lot of the younger men are very into their feminine energy and it's like throwing things off on the dance floor. Like when I dance, I want to be in my feminine energy. Like I don't want to be thrown into my masculine energy. So if you're a man doing a body roll in the middle of some central bachata song that was not called for a body roll, like... I'm going to walk off the dance floor at this point. Like it really, like we're all little energetically imbalanced. Um, but historically, like this is where men and women met. It's where men and women actually could quote unquote, do some dating in a safe place for tango. Like men were trained for years, childhood trained for years, would not allowed to touch a woman unless they've had seven years of tango training, because you would get one shot at trying to impress a woman to get married. And this was at the turn of the 20th century, not even that long ago. And because it was the only place that you guys could meet and dates and kind of get to know each other. Uh, so dancing is just vitally important historically. It's important for our body. Um, and women are really missing men who like disappreciate that and are willing to try. Like we don't need you to be Fred Astaire. That's so true. You just need to show up. Well, that was my example. I mean, I'm a terrible dancer and Emily was still impressed enough to marry me just for trying. So much to talk about there. First of all, I'm fascinated by women's movement, you know, the kinesiology aspect of this mm -hmm. being so powerful, especially in their hips. And it reminds me of the work of Rob Brendan and James Knight, who are on my team, of course, talking to men about how their movement is so critical to sexual attraction in women. This is really a human thing at the baseline visceral primal level, because every guy knows when a woman knows how to move her hips, she's got our attention. It's not yeah. fair. It's like, you know, one of God's dirty little tricks, as I like to call it. And yet, uh, women love doing this. They're looking for an outlet. And another thing that your commentary brought to mind here, Jen, is that it seems like in cultures where there's some oppression dogmatically uh, by the religious leaders or by the prevailing tenets of faith that, you know, perhaps are rather puritanical. It seems like women find a way to break the rules a little bit and shake their hips. <laughs> so like in a deeply Catholic world, 
especially in years past, like Latin America, all these sensual dances come about, you know, and anybody who's ever watched Footloose knows that particularly dogmatic Christian traditions tend to ban dancing because it's seen as leading towards sexual sin too easily. So obviously there's something to this or nobody would have noticed the connection, you know, even the most dogmatic people who want to take it out of society as noted in movies such as Footloose, that's the whole story of the movie, it, you're just not going to suppress it. I mean, suppressing dance movement and the music that drives it is a lot like trying to suppress heterosexuality and procreation at its very core. Like, good luck with that, because it's what <laughs> makes sure that the human race keeps going after the next hundred years, which we've talked about yeah, on the show. It's really fascinating because Argentina tried really hard to suppress it. And then the French were like, this is the tango is the best thing ever, but yeah. we're going to, we're going to change it because it's not sensual enough. So it was the French and not the Argentines who kind of gave it its sexiness that we know today. And then Argentina, when it became popular, Argentina was like, wait, that's ours. And they took it back. The <laughs> right. They tried really, really hard to suppress it. Every culture has dance. Every culture has dance. And every culture's style of dance, though wildly variable, seems to be sensual. And, you know, like you, Jenny, we're well-traveled around here. We've been to a lot of places and seen a whole lot of dancing. And the dancing always seems to feature the women, no matter where you go. I remember even in a place that is still kind of widely viewed as sexually repressed, like Cambodia. We went to a show where the women came out and did the traditional Cambodian dancing, and it was very sensual, very alluring. And I'm especially reminded of how in the Middle East, you can have very conservative traditions of Islam, and yet the women are belly dancing. And this is like perfectly allowable, even though the women are going around in hijab by day. And it really kind of flusters the Western mind trying to wrap our heads around that and figure out what's going on there. But I think essentially you just explained it perfectly. I think that's exactly what's going on is women just have to have an outlet for being feminine. And really whether we see it as sensual, sexual, or indifferent is really up to the receiver, but the women are going to dance because it serves their own joy. It serves their own joy, but if from a, so you know that I, I'm now a yoga teacher and a tantra lineage um, mm-hmm. that part of the body holds our emotions. So we're in a epidemic of anxiety and depression. It's because we're not dancing, honestly. And so like, it's the, it's still the first thing I recommend whether or not to a male or female client. It's because you have to move your hips to balance your emotions. You can't do it like in any other way. And I think that we've tried to do it in different exercise routines. And it's like now that we sit so much and on zoom, like our hips actually get locked and our hip flexors are really tight. Yes. And like, and we end up having problems with our emotions when that happens. Like dance is really like a super fun way to stay balanced. And that's exactly what Rob and James talk about in Code of the Natural is our hip flexors, our hips being too tight. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you're absolutely onto something there. I mean, there are actual health benefits above and beyond knowing how to dance and how to be sensual and how to be attractive by literally loosening up which is what a lot of us need to do. Now, I want to backtrack a little bit because I don't want it to sound to these guys listening like I wasn't paying attention for the last 20 minutes. Yes, women express their joy and find their joy and even find themselves, as you so eloquently mentioned earlier, through dancing. But it is also very sensual and very alluring to us as guys, and women know what they're doing. So I want to fully acknowledge that. 
And I'd say you've done a great job of describing to these guys what they're missing out on if they just completely ignore the whole realm of dance relative to getting high quality and very feminine women into their life. But mm-hmm. I'd say that guys are probably also wondering about the practicals, Jen. Yeah. First of all, let's talk specifically about the effect being a dancer has on women. Is it the same or at least relative in terms of its value to attracting women and getting a good woman into your life is say being funny, making women laugh or learning how to play a guitar or being in a band. Is it something that when guys take this up, they automatically have another feather in their cap arrow in their quiver, if you will, in terms of being attractive to women. I mean, I know your answer, but I want to go on record with this. I think that we're about to enter into a kind of a new paradigm for dating and relationships. And if you have zero creative outlet, you're just, you're, you're going to be behind. So whether it's dancing or music or something that's related to that sacral chakra creativity, we all need it. And I think women are going to start to prioritize it a little bit because we need to have more fun in life. Like we don't need to be taking life too seriously. I would offer that this is a rediscovery. Not a discovery. I think postmodern civilization has beaten that out of us. I think in years past, before we all got so tied up in working so much and having our nose buried in our smartphones and politics and, you know, way too much information overload and way too much media where kind of like everybody's living vicariously through their televisions instead of going out and living on our own. We've forgotten what it means to go out there and feel alive. In years past, this whole idea of connecting sensually in the real world, I think, was readily apparent. So I would call it a rediscovery. I know. No, I think that's actually beautifully stated. I think we're going back. We're going back to basics, and we're going back to, to have some freaking fun and to relax. Like, I just, you know, I can't. I had to stop seeing clinical clients because I can't like listen to the stories anymore. Like my body physically cannot take people's emotions anymore unless you are doing something fun to try to balance out your need to talk about things like so if you're going to go learn to dance great if you're going to go take a music lesson fantastic if you decide you want to paint I don't really care what it is as a woman (laughs) and as a professional right now pick something because you're going to need you need some hobbies to like learn to balance emotions because it's not her job to fix your emotions And I think that's the paradigm shift that is about to happen. Like we're tired. So if you're going to show up in the dance floor with the expectation that you're going to try to woo us with some choreographed nonsense. (laughs) Like a Napoleon dynamite thing, huh? (laughs) Yeah. We now have the skills to just go dance with other women because we've learned how to lead, but that's not what we want. Right. We want to have fun with a man, like, and we want to feel like a woman. And so, like, the dance floor is just like a great place to have that experience. Yeah, I think all these people trying to date and relate without masculine, feminine polarity are like people who just bought a race car and trying to figure out how to drive it when they don't know what fuel is. Exactly. Like, you know, you have to fill this tank with something. All right. So, practically speaking, ballroom, swing dancing, salsa, bachata, tango. It seems like all of these have some validity in terms of meeting women, relating better to women, but I'm having a feeling that you're going to recommend tango. So here's the way that I kind of work with people. I say, have a night, listen to some music and pick the music that you actually like, because you're never going to be able to learn the technique of any dance enough unless you actually enjoy the music. 
So I don't really care where you start. People start because their friend brings them to a salsa club. But if you hate salsa music, don't do salsa lessons. There's like 40 different options right now. Country line dancing? I love country line dancing. Hey, we're here in Texas. It's a thing. You got to start where you actually enjoy the music. Otherwise, you won't be motivated to learn the basics. Tango specifically is considered the most intellectual and difficult to learn of all the social dances. So, a bunch of guys just said, screw it right there. Yeah. <laughs> Too hard. So yeah. If I have a client who's like super, like really loves history or wants to study, I will throw them into tango first. But usually you've got to go do other things before you can get into the tango party. It's actually, it is difficult to learn on the leader side because it takes a very high level of body awareness and mindfulness skills like usually meditators do really well with tango so if you're just starting then we usually do something easier like bachata salsa um something that's just more fun swing dancing is great we kind of go in that direction first yeah sure all of those like bachata is known as being very sexually uh, appealing. <laughs> but I know guys who've done swing and ballroom and country and, uh, of course, salsa and done very well with women simply because they showed up and appealed to that women's sense of wanting to dance and be feminine. So sure, I think that's a good word. I think to kind of uh, tie up the loose ends before we close out this show, Dr. Jenny, uh, let's go ahead and throw on the table, is dancing sexual? Because I think a lot of times guys are told by women you know, dancing and sex are not the same thing. Dancing is not a metaphor for sex. So don't get upset if I go dancing with someone else. And guys are kind of left wondering, yeah, you know what? I don't know if I believe it. It's kind of like the foot massage conversation from Pulp Fiction. It's just a foot massage. But, you know, we all kind of know it isn't. So when we take a woman out dancing and some other guy says, may I cut in? And he's this really good dancer. And our girlfriend looks like she's really enjoying it. I mean, should we be worried about that or is there really nothing to that sexually? Because it feels a little bit like a kick in the crotch to guys when someone comes and takes our dance partner away and, you know, they're better at it. Or should we just work on our yeah, dancing, frankly? So here's the thing that I would encourage everyone when things open up COVID style, you can go to and watch tango without participating. Part of tango culture is actually sitting, drinking some wine, hanging out. It's very social beside the the dancing. And the reason why I say, you know, you know, maybe go with a like a friend who's a girl or something like that, just observe the social dynamics is that there are rules in tango that don't exist in other social dances that I think are helpful for this particular reason. And the rules are if you show up with someone, everyone else there respects that relationship and will not ask the woman to dance unless she gets a signal, which is nonverbal, that it's okay. Similarly, if you leave with someone from a, a tango malanga, everyone assumes that you're having sex in a relationship. So the next time you go to that malanga, you're not going to be asked to dance as a woman. But there is respect for if you're showing up as a couple. And those rules don't necessarily exist in salsa, bachata, and kind of those social dances. So you and your partner have to decide ahead of time, like, what do you want your rules to be? Decide what you want your rules to be, and then we don't have to deal with the insecurity. Aha, but at the baseline, a foot massage is not just a foot massage. I think a lot of guys finally feel validated for feeling that way. For women, in that moment, she doesn't necessarily, like, you're playing with sexual energy. Exactly. There's no denying that, but it doesn't mean that because he dances better that she's going to go home with him. 
because women compartmentalize that. So like we're much better at playing with sexual energy and at the end of like that dance, cutting it off. Like we have that skill. And I don't think, you know, until you get further enough in your dance training as a man, I don't think you like learn how to like turn that on and off in the same way. Yeah. Okay. So kind of to land the plane here, when women say to a guy who doesn't know how to dance, don't worry about this because dancing is not a metaphor for sex. It's kind of like she's appeasing him a little bit or helping him feel better about it because deep down she knows he doesn't get it anyway. Like it's all yep. philosophical to him. There's nothing he's feeling because he doesn't know how to dance. He has never really experienced this. So, you know, I would almost kind of like say it's sort of something men are told to make them feel better, hoping they'll believe it when they're not dancers. So of course the magic elixir for not having this, for not being in this position anymore is quite frankly, go out and learn how to dance a little bit. Yeah, basically. I mean, and the other thing is, is like, don't get into that insecure mindset because that is negative energy that you just yep. brought to the party. And that negative energy, like, because women now will, we have no problem teaching you in a social, like, event. I have done that many times. And my guy friends have brought, like, men with them that don't dance. And, like, if they have good energy and are just open to learning, like, we'll teach you. And then we'll have fun. And you don't need to know everything if you have, like, positive attitude. But if you're going to go into that insecure place, it's almost better for you not to show up because then you're going to have a bad experience. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that the importance of the mindsets and not getting into that insecure place and just trying to be open, because even if you go and you don't dance and you just watch, you're going to learn something about the interaction between men and women by watching. You're going to learn something about the human body by watching. You're going to learn something about what women like by watching. I think the biggest problem is just mindset and just feeling like you can't do something. Um, and it's an opportunity to face fear and just try something new. And women are usually pretty, if you're a, like a nice person with good energy, women will teach you in that moment. You don't know what's going to come out of that. I think the just adamant, no, I'm not going to learn to dance is the problem. Yeah. If there's anything we've established here is as a woman, you've returned to this show and very, very effectively delivered the message to these guys that, hey, look, you need to acknowledge the importance of dance to most women and how powerful a force of sensual connection between masculinity and femininity it really is. And, you know, you should go out there and give it a try, even if you don't like the dancing per se, because you don't particularly relate to that source of feminine energy as a man, and you don't really understand that whole idea of dancing like nobody's watching uh, you at least like women and turning women on and that's its own reward of course hence this whole idea of that metaphor to begin with that's the dance of attraction because it really is men and women getting together so i think you've done a great job explaining all of this and i want to give guys a chance to purchase a very interesting book you've written jen called love letters to my soul which involves the very, very fascinating study of something called twin flame activation. Uh, not dancing per se, but you know, you do talk about dancing in your work quite a bit. And, uh, that's obviously very important to you, which is why we had you on the show to talk about it. 
And I want to point guys to a URL where they can get your book on Amazon, and that's mountaintoppodcast.com front slash soul, S-O-U-L. Let's do it that way. And guys, I will also put that at the top of the queue on my Amazon influencer storefront so you can get Dr. Jenny's book as well as books from all of our other guests uh, when you're up for some new reading material. Meanwhile, thank you so much. Dr. Jennifer Rhodes for uh, coming on the show for a third time. And it's been a fascinating conversation and one that, you know, we'd never had on this show before. And uh, it went in some ways I didn't expect, which happens from time to time on this show. And I think it's a great show and guys are going to love it. And we already know guys love you. So thank you once again for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? And guys, uh, go to mountaintoppodcast.com, visit our sponsors, Origin in Maine, which is Jocko Willing's company, and get yourself a couple pairs of the greatest jeans I've ever worn. And there are lots of men all across the Fruited Plain who agree with me on that. Also, the supplements from Origin Labs are absolutely the highest quality ones you will ever have in your entire life. They have a D3 spray, which is great for keeping COVID-19 away from your life. Uh, plus, they have the best protein powder you have ever had in your entire life. Good stuff. Meanwhile, over at HeroSoap.com, by the way, both Hero Soap and Origin you can access directly from mountaintoppodcast.com and you'll want to use Mountain 10 as your coupon code, whichever of our two sponsors you choose to work with. Uh, but when you go to Hero Soap nowadays, they now have new fragrances, new types of body wash, which of course I highly recommend, some great new uh, fragrances and scents to go along with that. They also now have pet wash. So hey, all of the healthy benefits, uh, all of the clean benefits from Hero Soap, you can now pass on to man's best friend. And uh, it's great stuff. No parabens, nothing that's going to hurt your pet, your dog, uh, your hamster, your cat, I guess, whatever. But I think most of us are probably dog people around here. And you can find out more by visiting Hero Soap from the link over at mountaintoppodcast.com. Last and not least, of course, guys, I'm available to you to talk for 20 minutes free about where you are in your life, what you got going on right now. Maybe we can set up a program to help you get from where you are right now to where you want to be with the women in your life. I know that, man, we're already two months into 20. 2021. The vaccines are out. We're going to be out socializing again and probably dancing with women again before we know it. At least hopefully I'm being optimistic on that front. So now's the time to get on my calendar. Talk to me, guys. You can click the big red button in the corner, the top right hand corner, that is at mountaintoppodcast.com and get on my schedule and we can talk. You'll talk to me directly and we'll come up with a plan of action. And I'll tell you what, guys, I guarantee some results just from talking to me for 20 minutes. I'll give you at least something actionable that you can use in your daily life. That and a whole lot of other benefits are there for you at mountaintoppodcast.com, including free downloads and video versions of this particular podcast. You can also see what our guests look like and read more about them. And until I talk to you again on the next episode of the Mountaintop Podcast, this is Scott McKay from X and Y Communications in San Antonio, Texas. Be good out there. The Mountaintop Podcast is produced by X and Y Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to visit www.mountaintoppodcast.com for show notes. And while you're there, sign up for the free X and Y Communications newsletter for men. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the Mountaintop Podcast.